The Permission to Succeed podcast is brought to you by Thompson IM Funds, Inc. For more information about Thompson IM Funds, please visit thompsonim.com. Thompson IM Funds, smart investing starts here. Hello, and welcome to the Permission to Succeed podcast. We are live from the Charles Schwab Impact Conference, and you will hear people in the background, but it is what it is. We're here at the Discovery Data Booth, and we're very appreciative of them and Charles Schwab for having us. This is your host, Doug Heikinen. The Permission to Succeed podcast is about learning from and being inspired by people who have been successful because they found that point in their lives to give themselves permission to just go for it. The genesis of this podcast is based on the great appreciation for the lives of Muhammad Ali and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and their world-changing impact. The Permission to Succeed podcast is brought to you by iris.xyz, the most helpful place for advisors to come and grow their minds and businesses. Power your advice at iris.xyz. And our guest this morning is Andrew Smith-Lewis, who is the Chief Innovation Officer of CASE. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. We're really excited to have you because you are from outside the industry and we need more of you in the industry. But before we talk about that, tell us a little bit about Case. Sure. So Case is a technology platform focused on alternative investments. And what we've built is kind of a two-sided marketplace between asset managers and financial advisors to basically provide them a way of coming together and transacting. So we've created a platform that allows for advisors to do research, due diligence, get access, and ultimately transact. Um, we've done about $8 billion in volume life to date and about a billion and a half in the last year alone. But you, like I said, you do not come from this industry. You built a company learning. And what was that company? That company was called Serago. So my, my passion in life has been about human performance and a scientific view on how do you measure and then improve human performance. It's kind of the quantified self movement from the neck up. So we're all running around with Apple Watches and Fitbits trying to count our steps and our movement through space and time, which is awesome. But my whole thing was, what if you could do that from the neck up? And what would the implications of that be? So I spent about 20 years at the intersection of artificial intelligence and learning science, developing a platform to really measure and improve human performance. And you left, you left, the, you retired. Yeah, well, I'm still, I'm still actively involved in the company. I'm on the board. I'm a major shareholder. But I stepped down last year to pursue some personal projects that were around this space and things that I was just very passionate about. So we, at Sergo, we provided an amazing platform, about 6 million users in orbit, a couple thousand universities using it, corporations, U.S. Army, Air Force, and non-lethality training. We got backed by Bill and Melinda Gates early on, and we just developed an amazing ecosystem of very, very talented developers, scientists, and a wonderful group of clients. But I, I was passionate about moving the needle in specific areas. And so I kind of stepped down to look at some projects on the side, um, one of them financial literacy, one of them looking at using systems like this for people who are in cognitive decline, so kind of not trying to make people smarter, but trying to make people better, which is something I'm really passionate about. And um, then I had a very interesting conversation with the CEO of Case, a guy named Matt Brown, awesome guy, who was a client of mine. So at Cerego, one of our business clients was Case. They were using Cerego to up their game for training inside their company. So about 65 employees, how do you kind of give them superpowers? 
hours to really deeply understand mission, vision, technology, products, how to speak to people in the field about what they do. So they were able to really raise the bar internally at Case. And then I think Matt Brown had the inspiration that what if we took this system that we used outside to advisors and moved the needle for the entire industry? And he came to me with that idea. That's a pretty bold idea. I got excited and agreed to come on board and help him you know, do that. Before we got on the podcast, you were talking about the last mile of learning, which really piqued my interest. Can you can you talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, sure. I think that technology has obviously impacted all aspects of our lives in amazing, amazing ways. One of the areas that I think has been left behind a bit is education. And of course, we use technology in education. We have, we have MOOC platforms, and we have online learning, and we have wonderful things, but they're really not a radical transformation. This isn't a revolution. We've seen thus far. It's kind of an evolution. We take what we learned about classroom instruction and now we do it online. And it's usually not as effective as face-to-face. So what's happened is technology has kind of impacted what we learn obviously because we need to learn more advanced things. It's impacted where learning happens, but how we learn has been ignored. And the how we learn to me is kind of the last mile. So whether you're in a classroom, sitting there listening to an instructor, or you're looking at an iPad that's got phenomenal MOOC content on it, that last mile between that delivery source and your brain is kind of left to you. And what's interesting is we tell students you've got to focus, you've got to study, you've got to learn, you've got to concentrate, but we we never teach anybody how to do these things. We leave it up to you. And so you on your own have a lot of cognitive burden associated with trying to figure out, well, what do you know and what do you not know and where you should focus and how do you study? Some people are good at that. Some people aren't so good at that, but we never really help people improve. They just kind of get that incidentally. So my whole thing has been, there's got to be a way. And I'm not, I'm not a scientist. I'm mostly a business person who's, you know, kind of a science hack. But my whole thing was surrounding myself with a group of great people who were experts in machine learning, experts in cognitive psychology, experimental psychology, a little neuroscience sprinkled in there. And what I discovered was there's a phenomenal amount of research about how people learn that just never gets outside of the research into products. So being an entrepreneur, my thing was, wow, could we take some of these proven principles of learning and apply them at scale through technology to help move the needle for whatever it is you're trying to learn. So we can become better learners how? How? Exactly. The how. So if you stopped a learning scientist on the streets of San Diego and you ask them, what are the two things that basically drive learning? If they're worth their weight, they're going to tell you distributed learning and retrieval practice. These are the most well-researched phenomena for learning. Distributed learning meaning, it's sometimes called the spacing effect. This has been known since 1886 when a German psychologist named Ebbinghaus basically characterized the forgetting curve or the learning curve if you're an optimist, which basically says that when you learn something, you forget it. Forgetting is a biologic necessity. You need to be able to forget information. But what happens is that information doesn't just fly out of your head into the ether. It descends along a predictable function. And Ebbinghaus first started to be able to characterize that. And if you can characterize the function and measure it, you can counteract it. So the spacing effect says, yes, we're all going to learn and we're all going to forget. But the rates of forgetting change depending on the recency, frequency, and pattern of how you see things. right? And so by representing information at the right intervals over time, you can 
push learning well into the future. You can have people remember things longer if you space out the reviews. It's kind of little and often being the magic recipe for building retention. The devil's in the details of how do you figure that out for yourself, right? How do you know what you should see, when you should review it? It's, there's a lot of cognitive burden associated with that, right? So the first one is the spacing effect. The second one is something called retrieval practice. And retrieval practice says that when you engage in material, you do it in such a way that you kind of stimulate the neural net. You get some what's called long-term potentiation, which is a fancy way of saying your brain gets activated and the synapses start to do their magic so that you actually remember something, right? And that can be in the form of it really engaging content, taking a quiz, some kind of a probe, something that has a little bit of difficulty. It's called desirable difficulty. You want a little bit of a challenge in there to really get the brain going. So distributed learning retrieval practice, super well-researched, well-documented, and the complete opposite of what people did. So people left to themselves, Doug, I know you never did this, but what would you say would be the opposite of distributed learning? No idea. What do students do at school? Do they do they conscientiously space out learning over time no, in preparation cram. for cram. cram? Now, you and I, we didn't cram, obviously. We were not crammers, right? But this is an age-old practice of kind of partying for an entire semester and the night before. You cram and then you forget. You cram and then you forget. So it's kind of a hack to take a test, but it's a horrendous strategy for building long-term retention. You don't want a pilot cramming, right? You don't want your doctors cramming, and you don't want your financial advisor cramming. So the other one, retrieval practice, the opposite of this is a little less intuitive, but it's called, um, you can think of it as like rereading or rewatching. We love to read or watch stuff because when you're watching something, part of your brain asks the other part of your brain, hey, do you understand this? And your brain says, of course, we're watching this right now. And then two hours later, you can't even remember you read the damn thing or you watched it. So these things are counterintuitive to what people do on their own, but they're highly effective. And so what I did was create a system that uses some machine learning and some natural language processing to understand the individual, to take some data from them, and to figure out what does that map of learning and forgetting look like and personalize it. So whether you're learning to fly an aircraft or you're learning to understand private equity, the same system can help you build that long-term retention. Does that kind of make sense? Mm -hmm. So Matt was experiencing this because he was a client of yours called you in, you have joined the company, and what are you creating? What's this mad process, Marion Alt's learning, and what are you unleashing? Yeah, so yesterday, right here at Schwab Impact, Matt Brown and I announced Case IQ. So Case IQ is the first artificial intelligence-powered learning system to help financial advisors basically master alternative investments. And this is a combination of this learning platform that we've exclusively licensed for Case and an evergreen library of curated content. And this is not like your 1.0 library. This is These are remixable, brilliant pieces of knowledge from across the spectrum, going from hedge funds to qualified opportunity zones and all things in between, created by our expert research group, backed and co-authored by our partner Mercer on the research and due diligence side, and a collection of really interesting players in the ecosystem, creating this remixable library of content. So somebody can come in and say, hey, I really need to understand fundamentals of alternatives. Great. Or, hey, I really need to understand about a specific fund. Or, I really need to understand about hedge funds in general. They can find the content they need, and the system does its magic. It's a web and mobile platform. 
So it's available on iOS and Android, and it's as easy as just kind of taking out your phone and spending five or ten minutes. And again, little and often is the magic recipe. We're not trying to get advisors to go back to school. We're not trying to say, hey, you got to spend two hours kind of clicking through some compliance thing. That's not going to move the needle. It's got to fit into the lifestyle of the advisor, and it's got to help them build understanding and confidence so they can do what they do best, which is communicating with their clients and making great decisions together. And this product is designed to do that. You've obviously had a user group to test the, what, what was some of the feedback that you were getting from advisors? More content. More so content. what happens is once you start learning this way, you're like, hey, wait a minute. Can I get this? Can I get this? Can I get that? Can we get our firm content on there? So we're being kind of slightly inundated with requests for more and more, and we're, you know, we're bulking up so that we can keep providing this evergreen library about all things alts. We're even working, so when we're working with some, some RIAs, what we started doing is building modules about their firm. Right? So imagine you've got 100 people in your firm. Wouldn't it be great if you had everybody on message, everybody understanding the mission and vision, everybody understanding the key elements? And so we use this learning system, Case IQ, to help them get people on the same page and really at a high level. And then they start getting into the alternative investment content. Where can this go in the future beyond? I mean, how, how big can Case IQ get? I mean, it's it, not to be facetious, but I think it's kind of boundless in terms of opportunity. One of my passions is about financial literacy, and I think this is a topic that really has not been tackled through technology and innovation, and I believe, you know, my personal hope is that Case IQ kind of paves the way for that to happen, and as some of our partners, perhaps at Schwab, says, you know what, let's use this to go much broader. So we're exactly. already in discussions with them to open it up. So, yes, we're doing alts and we're passionate about alts and our alts is in our wheelhouse, but we can work with partners in the ecosystem to make the system available far beyond that. Exactly. If it's all about financial literacy, it's way beyond alts. Yes. It's helping people. Yes. Learn about finances and the next generation and after that. Yes, and doing it as smartly and effectively as possible. And our thing, you know, you look at this industry, there's a lot of talk about artificial intelligence and what this means to financial advisors. You've got some people think about robo-advisors and all this stuff is going on. I think a lot of that energy is about using AI to do the, to kind of replace, in some instances, the people, to get the people out of the equation. What we want to do is the opposite. We want to use the AI to make the people smarter, not the system smarter, right? And the, the reality is it's going to be a balance. You need a partnership between machine and people to really work effectively. But we think we can really up the game for people and performance. It's just like AI is not going to replace advisors. It's just going to make them smarter so they have better conversations with advisors. Amen. That's the goal. You're giving people permission to succeed. Thank you. That's the game. How do people find Case and the Case IQ system? They go to caseiq.com. They get access. Oh, by the way, this yeah. is entirely free. So we're not charging for this. It's available completely for free to people who are members of our platform, which is also free. So you go to Case IQ, you sign up for the platform, we work with you to figure out the right content menu, and off you go. This is incredibly exciting. Thank you. I'm excited, too. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we'd also like to thank the people at Schwab and Discovery Data for hosting us. For everybody at Iris Media Works and the Permission to Seed production team, this is Doug Heikinen. Thank you so much for joining us.
The Permission to Succeed podcast is brought to you by Thompson IM Funds, Inc. For more information about Thompson IM Funds, please visit thompsonim.com. Thompson IM Funds. Smart investing starts here.